This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. So, Gordon, I'm driving today and I'm, I'm listening to, you know, the, the radio and I hear this song and it's a favorite song. I love it. Al Green. And I start singing in the car. You know, I'm singing in the car, Gordon, and I got to admit... I sound pretty good. Oh, every, everybody sound, sounds a little bit Gordon. better in the car. Oh, I'm so, I'm flowing with Al. Mm-hmm. Me and Al are right there, right there. Right, and harmonizing. Then Gordon, uh-huh. And then the music stopped. Text comes in. You have a you have a text message on the on the car on mm-hmm. the dashboard. And I was singing, and I was singing alone. Oh, it was brutal, Gordon. <laughs> I may never open. All of a sudden, didn't sound so good, right? <laughs> this is ESPN New York tonight. With Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. I'm talking, I'm, I meet Smokey Robinson, and I'm like, hey, 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 <laughs> At least you weren't singing when you met Smokey. That would oh, I wouldn't that have would opened, even compounded listen, even further. Hey, listen, Gordon, I couldn't open my mouth to say hi. I would open my mouth for any notes. I'm sure to he out, gets that though. quite a bit. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he How does. old is Smokey Robin? He's got to be in his 80s, right? He's got to be close. Got at least 70. At least. It still looks good, too. Yes, he does still good. look good. 83. 83. Wow. Still putting out albums. Still, still making money. <laughs> God bless him. <laughs> still making money. It's all right. Smokey Robinson, ladies and gentlemen. It's ESPN New York tonight, hour number three, 1-800-919-3776. Back to the phones we go. Richard. Is in Manhattan. Hi, Richard. Fellas, the sports equivalent of Smokey Robinson. John Sterling's still going. His pipes are fantastic. <laughs> he the does stories. Have great pipes. What are you kidding? He does. Right yep, now, I'm backyard. He does. Before I get my Nick point, fellas, the two most important games in my history, New York New sports Taylor. history, on the radio, <laughs> both of them. Merle Harmon doing the Jet Oakland game, championship game, Chase Stadium, 1968, December 27th. Mm-hmm. Marv Albert doing game seven, May, 19, uh, May 8, 1970, at the Garden. Marv Albert doing that game. And both games, fellas, on the radio. On the radio. Still in my brain. I don't know anything about Peacock streaming and all this computer stuff. If it's that much of a hassle, I just put my radio on. I got the New York Post, and I watch. My, I listen to, uh, with a cup of coffee and a bagel, read mm-hmm. my paper, and I'm listening to the game, fellas. Just like I do listening to you guys. Same thing. It doesn't matter. I guess maybe because I grew up with the radio, you know, we didn't have every game on TV. Yeah. So it's no problem for me. I'm, I'm just fun- I'm amazed how people can adapt everything they're outraged well, about. If you remember, Richard, back yeah. then, and I remember coming up in school listening to Merle Harmon and Sam DeLuca. Ooh, was he? What a great Larry. What a great. And, and Gordon? The Jets were bad, so they had the blackout rule. So it didn't matter. They weren't on TV anyway because they didn't sell out. <laughs> so it's the only way you could hear the game, the only way you could find out what was going on with the game was on radio. Thanks for the phone call, Richard. And, and listen, of course, the Marv Albert one. But see, once again, and it's interesting that he brings that up because, Gordon, once again, we have, aside from, put streaming aside for a second. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Nick game set, what was it, tape delay? Mm-hmm. The seventh that, that Willis Reed game was on TV tape delay. 
You go back uh, some of the in in the eighties, the, the Houston Rockets had the championship uh, championship series tape delay, so the NBA wasn't what we look at the NBA today, and uh, you know it, look the NFL wasn't the NFL that it was today back then. So it it it, it was so different, and now like Richard said, you're in, in another type thing. For me, going for me, this is like streaming is like. What do you mean? We're putting basketball games on TNT. What is why are we putting basketball games on Turner? <laughs> that's what that's that's when it first clicked. Sure. And it's like and th- and they said then. Oh, by the way, there's going to be you're going to have to pay to see championship games in the future. You're going to have to pay. We're like, nah, nobody's paying for no championship games. Uh, Five ninety nine for the playoffs beginning this year. <laughs> <laughs> and that's one game, Gordon. Right. Wait till the package comes out. Mm-hmm. Wait till the package comes out. This is all experiment, experimenting, and then later it's going to be, it's going to be different. It's going to be different. Well, we've now become used to as sports fans that we get to see every game. We want to, we want every game available to us. And yep. when you're used to that, the playoff games, especially in the NFL, I'm plopping down on my couch. And I expect to watch them all day and all night. Yep. And the NFL knows that. They do. They do. And that's they are why. They're going to grow that pie every single year. So this is the first one that's on uh, something, uh, a streaming network. Mm-hmm. It ain't going to be the last one. That's right. That's why this possible merger that you've heard about that was been broadcasted. Right. The in, yes in the, and the MSG. MSG right. and, mm-hmm. you know, you know, uh, that is smart because with the regional sports networks all like kind of fading out across the country uh, and different streaming services. I mean, there's only like maybe one service that has MSG uh, of the streaming service. I think it's, it's uh direct TV streaming. Yeah. They have MSG. A lot of them don't FUBU I think does. So FUBU and I think direct TV, they have it, but none of them have all of them. So, you know, you're in a position where right. So now we're getting back to cable. Now we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put we're gonna uh, what, what do they call it? Uh, bundle a bunch of them together. Yes. Into one network, and we're getting yes. back to cable. It's just not with cable. a cable. That's right. Right. That's and it, you'll, you'll pay more, or at least as much. Oh, <laughs> you're gonna pay more. Hey, the price is always gonna go up. It's it always, always gonna go up. And at some point, a sports fan, you know, as you get older, you get used to kind of paring down your sports. Yes. Viewing, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, you you get more into the things that you really love. Yeah. You know, when I was younger, I used to be really into college basketball. I was, you know, you're kind of into it all because of what we do. But I couldn't imagine at a time I'm going to miss mm-hmm. a Yankee game. Now, yeah. if, it, if if it's on Peacock or something like that, yeah, I'm good. I, I'm good. I'll I'm I'll good. catch up tomorrow. There'll be another game. Now. For, and it's interesting. I was about to ask you a question, but I kind of know where you're going because you've already you already gave up the Sunday ticket this year. Yes, I gave it. YouTube. Right. Yep. But it's it's fascinating because it's the it's it's Major League Baseball. It's 162 games. If you miss one, yeah, it's 162. I'll I'll see him. I'll see him. Mm-hmm. If it's the NFL, Gordon, and you had to if if the Dolphins. For you to watch the Dolphins, if you had to go on Peacock or you had to do something of that nature, are you prepared to do yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, I am. I, the reason why I gave up the Sunday ticket this year was I really anticipated that there were going to be problems mm-hmm. because DirecTV a few years ago 
they put it uh, streaming for people that couldn't get it in their the 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 direct TV signal that you could right. go online. And when you got to halftime or you got to the fourth quarter, it just crashed every single time. So I mm. anticipated that was going to be there were some. There were some issues in the middle of the season, but not too many. So maybe next year I will go down that route again. But it's just funny to me that people (laughs) complain, oh, Peacock is on Peacock, and then they go and get it. Yeah. So who wins? Yeah, Peacock wins. The NFL wins. The NFL wins. The NFL always always wins. (laughs) They always win, Gordon. They always win. They always win. It's not fair, but they always win. They just do. Gordon, there were some um, press conferences – today by the Mets and Gordon a couple of them had me a little concerned how so well uh, does Luis Severino, Luis Severino know what team he's on now I'm sure he'll get it straight <laughs> he's in the offseason right now Larry. he doesn't need to he's not driving to the wrong ballpark or anything oh wait a second I was supposed to I was supposed to be going to uh, Queens not the Bronx I sure hope he figures out why he was tipping pitches and what he was doing, Gordon, because if not, I get it's one year, and I heard Grasa say it. You can't complain with one year. I mean, you mentioned it too. It's a one-year deal. I, listen, the way this offseason has gone for the Mets, um, I, and I know, I'll, I'll say this, and Mike Puma had a great article about it in the Post today. Uh, Max Scherzer was not lying <laughs> when he talked about what no. that thought process was about mm-hmm. this season. You can say a lot of things about Max Scherzer. He was not lying about what the Mets have done this offseason and how they're thinking about this season. We'll warm up the hot stove for a couple of minutes. That's next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. I was I was not imagining even going to any team, you know. I was think I was going to die a Yankee. But, you know, when uh, everything came down free agency, I was looking for something that, you know, kept me the same, like I said before, you know, same pressure, you know, same kind of feel that can get me going, uh, you know, without a bad outing. They will let me know, you know, and I need I need that. I need that in my life. I need people that tell me the truth when I'm not doing good. So that, that, you know, can get me to the bullpen, you know, anywhere that I can go to, you know, to get me better. And I think this is a place. And, you know, when, you know, I saw what they bring to the table and the team that they, they have, that they want to win, people that compete, got me even more to go into that team. Luis Severino, surprised he is trading his pinstripes in for the blue and orange. It's ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, I'm... You know, stats are really crazy for me, right? Um, this is Severino last year. 4-8, and eight, ERA of 6.65. 19 games, he started 18 of them. He pitched 89 in the third. He had 79 strikeouts. So he had movement. He was able to strike folks out. What I remember from watching him, though, and here's the concern I have, and I get that he was tipping pitches, but the other thing was he couldn't finish people off. So his, the at-bats would be forever and ever and ever. And so he pitched 89 innings, but, I mean, Gordon, he would go five, he would go four. I mean, because the pitch count would be just so high. And he would have like maybe one inning where he would be really good, and then the next two innings, you, it's, I mean, I just don't know what I'm getting from him. 
it's a lottery ticket. You're you're hoping that you can rediscover what Luis Severino, when healthy, was a few years ago. Uh, there's not a real whole bunch of reason to hope that that's going to, even if it comes back, is it going to come back consistently? He was just so bad last year, and and admittedly so, right? I mean, at one point said he was like the worst pitcher in baseball, and yeah. he just kept going out there and getting hammered. He got hammered by the Orioles a couple of times. He got hammered by, I think it was St. Louis a couple of times, or at least one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was just he was bad across the board, so the Mets are just kind of taking a shot, and it feels like that that's kind of been their motto this off season of of let's take we'll sign some guys, but it's more of like lottery tickets than anything yeah. that's a sure thing. That's for sure. It is. It's 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 kind of unnerving. So David Stern spoke, Gordon. You know mm-hmm. the uh, GM, the president. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. President of baseball. Ops. Oh, of course. President. El presidente. Uh, I can answer this question. David Stearns, do you need another bat? So that's something we're still evaluating, and we're going to see what becomes available. So I wouldn't necessarily close the door on that. I also don't think it's essential, and and some of that is interrelated to the question I just answered about third base, where we do have young players um, who we want to make sure have sufficient at-bats. You know, Sometimes sort of that bat-first player, when we're talking about a DH position, it can be helpful to rotate players through that. So we we haven't made a firm decision on that one yet, and I think it's still uh, a little bit to be determined and we're still discussing gordon has he seen the dh situation on this team what do you mean you you don't know rotating the you gotta have one first okay you need to have a solid my humble opinion gordon you need to have a solid dh person yes you can give guys days off you can put somebody else in you can have one of the one of the young kids be the dh yes you can but for me I want my young kids in the field, Gordon. I don't want them being just a one-person, a one-position player. I want the young players in the field. I want them out there defensively. I want them hitting in the. I want them in the lineup. I want to reserve that designated hitter spot. I right, forgot like J.D. Martinez, who you know, maybe he can play the field once in a while, but but I I want a smart. Being a DH is not an easy thing. Okay, it it it's a mental thing. Most of these guys have played in the field all their lives. And then, okay, we don't need you to play in the field. We just need you to go hit. And so how do you how do you stay ready? How do you prepare? What do you do to make sure that you can just go up there and hit cold, sitting on the bench and just, you know, watching video and doing what you're doing, whatever you do to prepare? Gordon, this team was brutal at the D8 spot last year. What are you telling me that you don't think you that we don't, we're trying to evaluate it? I don't need to evaluate it. I watched the games last year. You need a DH. Well, it seems pretty clear Mets are exactly punting on the offseason. They are looking at next year as kind of a filler year where they're going to bring up some kids and see who sticks, and then they can be part of the play, which kind of separate the, 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 the contenders from the pretenders. And then maybe next offseason there'll be real players moving forward. But there was that report from Andy Martino, I think it was a day or two ago, where he said that the Mets have about $10 more million to spend this offseason and that the focus is on adding relief pitchers. So you take a look at what they've done this offseason. I, I, I remember when those reports first came out, uh, when Scherzer got traded, and it was they're, they're not really looking to contend next Well, they're looking. They might not be going and spending money like they did the previous off seasons, but no, they're gonna, they're gonna make their moves and they're gonna. Mm. Hopefully, if things click, maybe they'll be a little bit better. 
No, they're punting. They are punting yep. on this offseason. I didn't think it was possible. And, right. uh, and it really kind of makes me wonder, then why were you in on Yamamoto? Yeah, really. Would that have changed everything? It's so weird. It is. It really is. David Stearns, what's the plan for Bader and Nimmo in the outfield? So who's in center? So I think Harrison's going to play a lot of center field. I, I think, you know, I term it, he's, he's going to play regularly in center field. I think we're, we're fortunate. We've got, frankly, a number of outfielders who can who can play multiple positions, who can play center field. Uh, in terms of, you know, is, is Brandon going to be you know, exclusively a left fielder? I, I think we'll, we'll kind of tackle that one as we get into spring training and we see the true formulation of what our team looks like, what it looks like towards the end of camp. And then we'll have a more definitive answer to that. I think, I think Brandon is of the mind that he wants to do whatever is best for the team. And if it means at times um, flipping back to center field, uh, he's open to it. Um, if it means playing more predominantly left field, you know, He's open to that too. So we'll kind of see how how the roster shakes out, whether there are opportunities for Brandon uh, to shift back over to, to to center or whether it makes sense for him to, to pretty much stay in left. So that, that's kind of TBD, and we'll continue that discussion through spring training. Translation. We don't know what the heck is going on with Starling Marte. We might put him in right. <laughs> he might have to be your DH. He may have to be if he's available. You know, it would make more sense if if, Mar- uh, if Mauricio had not gotten hurt. Yes. Okay, there's another guy that you really – it's not just a projection. You really expect that this guy is going to be a major league player. Maybe it doesn't all click right away. But you can tell that he's got the tools and he's been in the system long enough that this is this is not just a lottery ticket of a prospect that you're calling up. This is, this is one of your crown jewels. Mm-hmm. But with him going down – you need that extra bat. And and it's yep. not like the Mets are – the Mets have a nice core in terms of the lineup. Yep. I like – obviously, Lindor's really good. I like Nimmo. Alonzo's mm-hmm. still there. Uh, I, I want to see a full season of Alvarez to see what he's got. And maybe some guys will, will – maybe Beatty will kind of take a step forward this year. And we'll see. But it feels like that this is this is a real missed opportunity. It does. It doesn't. It, it it doesn't feel good, Gordon. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't feel like. Uh, and once again, look. And we here's the here's the qualifier that we have to say. Anything can happen. You know, sure. So it happened to the Diamondbacks. You know, you can get hot. Anything can happen. That's Anything not. Can that's happen. that's not a blueprint. Like just because the exactly. Diamondbacks got hot, that's not the way. Well, let's exactly. just <laughs> throw it around. You know? See what <laughs> throw it against you know? the wall and see what sticks. I, I really in a division where you you're with Atlanta who always does something to improve their team. And they're Philly better than you already. Good. Yeah, Philly's pretty good. Yeah. And, you know, the Marlins are not bad, Gordon. They got Their pitching is pretty good. You know, they'll figure out the offense and stuff. I mean, they, they, at this point, you look at them as a spoiler, but eventually, Gordon, they're going to get – I mean, they were, in, they were in the race for a minute last year. Well, they, didn't they finish ahead of you last year? Yes. So, you know, it's 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 – it's not what you're looking for. Now, once again, it's not like they said, we're in it to win it. <laughs> okay? It's not like they said that about this season. But I was just, I understood that they weren't really trying to spend a lot of money. It wasn't going to okay. be like this year. I right. get it. It wasn't going to be like 2023. But I, I expected it. more than this. Right. I mean, there has to be a little bit of balance. It's one thing to go out and spend like drunken sailors. Nobody's... You don't have to spend like a crazy person, but go about spending money, but spend it smart. Okay, fine. 
there are still plenty of free agents left that you can go out and would impact the team. This yeah. this should not. You're in New York. This is not Milwaukee, David Stearns. And and I don't think that the decision is coming from him. I think it's coming from from Steve Cohen. Mm-hmm. What happened to it? Wow, there's no budget. He's he's the billionaire. He doesn't care what he has to. And I'm not even saying you have to spend that now. But it seems like the fact that they have so much dead money from mm-hmm. last year that that's saying, well, we're not going to spend any money on this year. That's just stupid. I mean, you know, what what are you doing? And why and why is it that the next year you just go to, okay, let's spend some money again. Let's go ahead and spend more money. This, okay, we, we didn't spend it last year. Let's go spending money. You can't waste a year. And part no. of the money you're going to spend it better be to sign that first baseman. That's going to be very interesting. They've said all the right things, but behind the scenes, before the trade deadline this past year, they talked to some degree about about dealing him. Mm-hmm. And to me, when you know that that guy, that guy you know is a free agent coming up in a year. Yep. The agent has said, we're open for business. Mm-hmm. That they haven't made some inroads there. And maybe they have behind the scenes. We just don't know it. Right. But if you, but if, if that's also impacting your ability to spend money now because of the dead money that you have that, that's still on the books, mm-hmm. that really kind of puts a, a dent in the whole Steve Cohen, big bad Mr. Wallet who can outspend everybody. It does. It that's does. short-sighted. It does. Now, maybe they're thinking, look, let's save all our money. You know, maybe we can try to get Soto away from the Yankees. If they don't sign him, maybe we can do some other stuff next year. So let's just let's just take a year, see what we got. Let's totally evaluate the, the system, evaluate the players we have here, try to be, you know, try to improve defensively, try to be better, try to be. I, I, look, I, this, as a Met fan, I've had, I'm done. I don't want more small, small town thinking. No, like I had that. No, I had that. I had that. And it's it's not fair to him. So I'm going to just keep an open mind. But Gordon, that was the concern I had about Stearns. If he's been able to make his teams competitive with not without spending a lot of money, then if you're the owner, you're like, OK, I want you to do something similar. I don't want you to do exactly what you did in Milwaukee. But I want you to do something similar so that when we spend money, we're going to spend it with the right people. And spend it at the right time. It's not just throw money away the way I did the past couple seasons. Yeah, because I get you've that. Done it, it, because you've done it before. But Okay. It's early. Let's see what they if they do anything else, Gordon. But right now, I'm not feeling what's been done so far. I'm just not. No, how could you be? How could you be? If I, mean, I, told, if I told you when those stories first came out with the Scherzer trade that the Met offseason was going to be about Luis Severino Harrison Bader, Joey Wendell, like those kind of moves? Adrian Hauser. Yeah, what are we talking about? Did the Wilpons come back? I, it does kind of feel that way. Are they back? And and again, the the reputation that Steve Cohen has has been given here as a result of, of, of the way he's operated of, he is the billionaire. Oh, he's a, he's beyond the billionaire of billionaires. He's mm-hmm. the, he's a guy that the, the, the break out the checkbook at any moment. He's yep. going to outspend everybody. Yep. This has been a, a dent in that reputation this off season. And then the players you get, right. With all due respect, Gordon. Right. These, I don't know what I'm getting from Severino. And Nobody does. Always they don't know either. 
Bailey's always hurt. Always hurt. Nimmo's going to be playing more. I right. hope I'm wrong. Nimmo's going to be in center field more than he thinks. Yeah. It's it's a very strange offseason. And then still being in on Yamamoto. Yeah. So if you had gotten Yamamoto, you would have pivoted and done something That would have been the only move that you would have made this off, And then you would have made all these other like minor moves? I don't know. It's a very strange offseason to me. It's crazy. It's weird. And then they pick up the pitcher from San Francisco. Um, Manaya, who who's lefty, I get it, and mm-hmm. you know off speed. Well, I, li- I kind of like that good, move. That's a good move. That's a good yeah. move. He's still that's not what bad. is he thirty one, thirty two? All yeah, right, maybe that bad. one will work out. I don't know, but it feels like a, another lottery ticket. It's not exactly. It's strange. It's- this is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Let's go to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Buddha is in the Bronx. What's up, Buddha? Hey, guys. You know, Tempest Fugit. Wow. Nick Saban retired. Yeah, how about that? I, that's crazy. I don't think anybody was expecting that. No, I didn't see it. I, I like it, though. I like that he, he's, he's leaving right away. He's not doing like a year where everybody's going to give him his fly. He's, he's in, he's out, he's done. That's it. Good for him. Yeah. Kind of makes you think that he was thinking about that for a while, you know? Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. You know, especially, you know, look, he, I, I remember, what was the guy named? Gene Stalins? Remember when Alabama was just like a middling program? Yeah. For a while? Yeah, they were You know, and he, he, took them, he took them to like the John Wooden, Red yep. Alabama, you know, Bill Jackson Heights. You know, you got to give that yeah. man a lot of respect. And what I'll say is, uh, like Big John in Georgetown and Bobby mm-hmm. Bowden in FSU, yep. he gave a lot of opportunity to a lot of kids that, you know, probably – you know, probably save some families and save some lives, whether it was about winning or not, you know. So yeah. you, you got to give that man his credit. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? Yes. Uh, Gordon, I was listening to you. You were talking about the NFL Peacock assessment stuff and about as a fan. And, uh, you know, you know, personally, man, I've weaned myself off the NFL uh, uh, little by little in the last few years. There's a couple of reasons, man. I mean, first of all, the, the play has declined to me. You know, it's not the same in terms of, you know, I mean, parody is good and all that, but I see a lot of bad play in the NFL. You know, the, the helmet and, and, and the end zone slogans, I, I could do without that, you know, because they're full of it. You know, and the circumvention of the Rooney Rule. You know, I was glad Steve Wilkes declined the interview with the Chargers, even though he wasn't getting that job. Mm-hmm. And more of those black coaches need to do that because the, the, what they're doing with that is, is absolutely horrible. You know, they had a guy, you know, look, whether you agree with him or not, you know, he took a knee and, you know, you, you, you jettisoned him from the, from the league forever. But then how many guys did they have that had killed people drunk driving? Mm-hmm. Then she said, you know what, <laughs> we welcome you back with open arms. I mean, they, they're, they're so full of it. And, you know, what, what, all you need to know about the NFL in terms of what, what their motives are is it took two coaches to make the decision to not play a game when a man was dying on the field. I yeah. mean, <laughs> Yeah. You know, you know. So, That's as far facts. as them trying to grab money from us and do whatever they need to do, we 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 all know what they're about. You know, um, but don't fret, Jets fans. You know, you got old man Logan coming back next year. He's gonna <laughs> cure all the ills, just like Draymond Green's gonna do it for the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> don't hold your breath. <laughs> this this is crazy, man. Like, what are people gonna actually say? You know what? This thing didn't work out. I mean, I don't care about the McAfee stuff or any of that. I mean, that's all foolishness to me. But at a certain point, and I appreciate what Dan Graziani said. I mean, it was about time somebody called this guy out for his BS. I mean, you know, and for him to be the head of your franchise, 
I mean, good luck with that. You know, but as it pertains to the actual game that you spoke about with the Dolphins and the Chiefs, mm-hmm. and, and, and there's a lot on the line in this game. Obviously, it's a playoff game and all that. Uh, but, you know, specifically for Tua, everything is on the line for this young man. Yep. I mean, if they don't win this game, you know he's getting that Daniel Jones deal. Two years, and we're about to get up out of here. And, you know, you got the kid there, the coach, you know, let me just call him, he's a grown man. The young man, the coach, uh, you know, McDaniels, you know, he's a boy wonder, a boy genius. When you look at this draft right here, you got the top three quarterbacks that everybody is in love with. But then you have three or four guys below them who, depending on what you like, you know, as a coach or as a fan or as an owner, you feel like, look, we can get these guys in the later first round or maybe one or two of them in the second round. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, these are dangerous times for Tua. I mean, borderline, he has to win this game. And and now when I say they, I don't want to say he as opposed to the team, but he has to show and prove because regardless of the injuries that they have on defense, regardless of who they lost and all this other stuff, in these games, like you said, Gordon, against the, the against Buffalo, they had that game. And it wasn't about really what Josh Allen played well and he did with his thing and everything. But you had multiple chances to put Absolutely. that game away, and yeah. you didn't do it. So now, you know, these are things that go on your ledger, and mm-hmm. they will be held against you. I'm kind of pulling for him. He's a little guy. He's not, you know, he's not the typical, you know, what, what we like as a quarterback. So he's an underdog, and I'm always going to pull for the underdog. But he needs to play well here uh, on Saturday night. Oh, Buddha, no question, Buddha. absolutely. Uh, it's about the offense. Uh, the, the, for all the talk about the guys they're missing on defense and the pass rushers and this guy's out and that guy's out, this is, that was not the offense that you expected. No. Uh, against the Bills on Sunday night. They did nothing in the second half. Tua threw for 173 yards and threw two picks. Both of them were killers. Tyreek Hill had 82 yards. I know they didn't have Waddle. I know that they didn't have some other weapons, but they were running ball, the ball effectively in the first half. They went away from that in the second half. This is a big game for, for Tua. It's a big game for McDaniel. And it's a big – you can only say we're changing the narrative so much before you have to actually change the results. <laughs> That's the only thing that changes the narrative is yeah. results. So uh, I, it's a very tough spot. Anybody going into Kansas City – that's it, it, a tough spot to go into, even with the Chiefs being down. Mm-hmm. It's still Mahomes. It's still a, a, a tough building to play in. So I, I don't think that any of the – outside of the Bills, maybe, I don't really – I wouldn't have a whole lot of confidence in any team in the AFC going in there and, and, and beating Kansas City, but I certainly don't have any faith that the Dolphins would do that. And, you know, the weather conditions, if they are as bad as to be expected, it's really disappointing because you kind of want to see Tyreek Hill – Against his former team, you know, mm-hmm. he's got some, you know, he, he, you know. Well, but maybe this might force Miami to say, well, we're going to have to run the ball, stick with it more. Mm-hmm. Because they were effective running the ball against Buffalo. So right. you would think that they would be able to be effective running the ball against uh, Kansas City to a degree. But no, it's on Tua. And Tua is going next year. They've already picked up his fifth year option. I don't know if they're going to sign it. They would, it would be a mistake to sign him this offseason, but I would right. guess that, that that's generally how it works out. If you already have picked up the fifth-year option, which they have, mm-hmm. I would say you proved it to me this year to a degree. P- 
prove it to me again next year, and then you can cash in. But right. the only way you can do that is against good teams, and they got their chance. Here, here's your chance. It's all yep. right there. It's true. Here's your opportunity. Show us what you're worth. Um, Gordon, I hear you got a movie review for me? I went on Saturday, Larry. I took Did my you? son to see uh, The Iron Claw, oh. which is the uh, movie that's out right now about the uh, Von Erich brothers. It's based on yes. a true story. Yeah, uh, from the '80s, a wrestling family, a lot of tragedy. Uh, I won't give anything away, but very good movie. Really, very enjoyable movie. Okay. Very depressing movie. Very sad mm. movie. It's based on true events, and there's a lot of tragedy in that family. Mm-hmm. I will say this: Zach Efron, who mm-hmm. is the main lead, he's Kevin Von Erich, and it's kind of okay. told through his eyes. Kevin and and Kerry Von Erich. Right. Zach Efron got absolutely yoked. I mean, this guy is completely ripped. Mm-hmm. So he looked the part. He did a great job with that. I didn't think that the guy, the guy they have for uh, Kerry Von Erich is the guy from The Bear. Okay. I didn't think he was quite as good. Mm-hmm. But a very good story. Uh, very interesting. Learned stuff along the way that I didn't know wow. already. I'll leave wow. out. Okay. But they had, Larry, do you remember when Winning Time was on? I do. Uh-oh. What was the main? What was our main takeaway from Winning Time? <laughs> Doctor J should sue. Right, Doctor J, the guy they cast as Doctor J in 1981 was a was a 50 year old man in reality. I don't know why they picked that guy to be Doctor J. Uh, they have somebody in the movie who portrays Ric Flair. Now, I will say. In terms of the age, he looks the part, but he didn't. I mean, he looks like Ric Flair now. Uh, no, no, he looks like no. He actually looked like Ric Flair, whatever the time frame was. Okay, but he didn't give a good. Perf- uh, the performance was so distracting because oh, you know no. it's Ric Flair, and he didn't match the 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 persona of Ric Flair. You got to get that right. So, it was the worst portrayal of oh, somebody no. famous I think I've ever seen in my. It was that. It was so oh, distracting. No. That's not good. No, not good. And I had so, somebody uh, reached out to me on Twitter and said, "Well, you know, he's not doing a. He's not doing a, a, a character. He's 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 not doing an impersonation. He's getting into the char- the essence of the character." Oh, stop it. No, he's playing. He's acting as a real person who we know. He's acting. It's not any deeper than that. It was a really, oh. So if you see it, very good movie. Mm-hmm. Very sad. Yeah. And very, very bad impersonation of Ric Flair. That's not good. No, not good. But a very good movie overall. It, that doesn't take away from the movie itself. Okay. Uh, when we return, Gordon, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you, and a, a perfect example to what you're saying that will that will make that person okay. understand what we're talking about. Okay. Plus, you know, my friends at Bet Online, yes, over in Vegas, they've got some names I want to throw at you for possible replacements for the former Alabama coach. All right. All right. We'll have some fun with that next on 987 ESPN. I don't know anything about Peacock streaming and all this computer stuff. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Remember the biopic on James Brown, Get On Up? Uh-huh, sure. Okay, Chadwick Boseman was James Brown. Uh-huh. Gordon, Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman, the late Chadwick Boseman, did moves that were comparable to James Brown in that movie. Choreography-wise? Mm-hmm. 
they were comparable. It's the same thing. That's what you're saying about this guy with Ric Flair. Yeah. If you have somebody that record now, the one thing is Flair is not in the movie for that long. He's probably right. in it only for five minutes. But mm-hmm. they have a segment where he gets interviewed. Oh, come on. And you expect it. To, you have to be in the ballpark of Ric Flair. And this guy was with a tear in my eye. This is the greatest moment in my life. And oh. I was more of a WWF guy, but I would right. always turn on the other one. At, from, of course. And I don't remember all the different aspects of the Von Erich. I remember what Ric Flair looked like screaming at the camera mm-hmm. during those interviews. It just... Uh, when last year I spent more money on spilled liquor in bars from one side of this world to the other than you made. Yeah, it, it's memorable. And... and Style when you have a performance like that, riding. Oh, right. come on, you got to be it. There was a lot of talk ahead of time. I had heard that there was a portion, Harvey was one of them, who told me that, that be, be ready for Ric Flair when he comes on. Okay. So I knew going in, oh, this is not going to be good. Yeah. Even with that preparation, it was, it was bad. Wow. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, look, it was still a very good movie. I yeah. would recommend people if you're looking. It's a downer of a movie, yeah. so I, I'm not going to recommend it. We don't mm-hmm. need any more downers in our lives, right. I don't think. Right. But it was very good. I enjoyed it. Listen, um, the thirty thirty on Ric Flair was a downer, Gordon. You know the thirty thirty that we did mm-hmm. in ESPN. Mm-hmm. That was a downer. Look at Gordon. I was going by stations tonight. He's still he's at ringside. I mean, this guy almost died. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's a hard life. It is. It's still. Yeah. Still. Yeah. I mean, I, there was a, I mean, I, Gordon, it had to be no more than like three or four years ago. There was video of him trying to climb out of the, out of a steel cage <laughs> at his age. I'm like, Rick, what are you doing? What are you doing, dude? Your daughter's making enough money. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. Oh, it's unbelievable. Gordon, let's have a little fun. All right, let's do it. Um, Harvey, I know it's not the NFL, but give me some football music anyway. These are my friends over at Bet Online. Okay. And these are the next Alabama head coach possible vacancies. Okay. Okay. Sure. Um, now I'm not. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna name some names for you. I'm not okay. gonna put you through this because you're not. You're not. A... The only two that I would think of. Go tell me. Dabo Sweeney is a former Alabama guy, right? Four to one. Okay, and I know Lane Kiffin was there, and he, where is he, Texas, Ole Miss now? Where is he? I think he's Ole Miss. Yeah, Yeah, I think he's Ole Miss. So I know he did a good job at Ole Miss. Five to one. Okay, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That was the only two that I could think of off the top of my head. Right. Dan Lanning is is three to one. So Dan Lanning's three to one. Dabo Sweeney's four to one. Lane Kiffin's five to one. Mm -hmm. Uh, What about the guy in Washington? Um, That'd be a jump. I don't know. Does he have any connection to Alabama? No, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh, Kalen DeBoer, yeah, is six to one. Okay, along with Deion Sanders. That would be wild. That's not going to happen, but that would be absolutely wild. Uh, here's one that 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 might fascinate you. <laughs> He's ten to one, Gordon. Ten to one. Urban Meyer. Oh my lord. <laughs> He's probably itching for it. Uh let me give you some NFL names. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering if does that impact 
Is there anybody out there right now that would jump at that chance? I'll give you some NFL names. Ready? Okay. Uh, D'Amico Ryans. Yeah, I don't think so. 22 to 1. Okay. Uh, Mike Vrabel. 50 yeah, to 1. So. I don't think so. Dan Quinn. 66 to 1. Yeah, it seems like a long shot. Yeah, the, the NBA guys are long shots. Uh, Pete Carroll. <laughs> right. Hey, Pete. He's got the energy. Uh, is right there with uh, Bill O'Brien and Bill, Bill Belichick. All yeah, are 80 Bill to Belichick's 1. Belichick's not going there, no. 80 to 1. All those guys are 80 You should to get one. more than 80. You should get more 80 for your one if you put it down on Bill <laughs> Belichick. And, Gordon, there's a bunch of names, but I have to say. Oh, by the way, uh, James Franklin, uh, Penn State. Okay. 25 to 1. All right. Uh, here, this this is after this we're gonna shut it down. <laughs> Ready, Gordon? Yeah. A hundred to one. Robert Sala. Adam Gase. <laughs> if Adam Gase is the next head coach at Alabama and you bet money on it, you deserve a billion dollars. You deserve a billion dollars. Adam Gase. No, I don't think Adam Gase is hundred to be one. I do wonder though how much did how much headway or uh, had, did they have a lot of advance notice that, they, that he was thinking about this or yeah, did this come curious. as a surprise to Alabama as much as it came to to all of us? Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you, I know who's going to be on ESPN tomorrow. That would be the mouth of the South. I can't wait Jimmy to hear Hart? what he's got to say, huh? Jimmy Hart? No, not that mouth of the South. Oh. Our mouth of the South. Oh, okay. The, the you know the uh, college football guy whose name escapes me. Yeah, Paul Feinbaum. Thank you, Paul Feinbaum. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm sure he's going to have something to say. He'll probably be on first. He'll probably be, he'll be on it's first. Gonna be, he'll be very be, busy. He's going to be booked on all the shows. He's going to go through the car wash. He's going to go through the car wash. Yeah. Yeah. He'll start up, start on with Get Up with Greeny. Mm-hmm. Then he'll do first take. Then he'll do radio with Greeny. <laughs> it's, t- it's tough following that guy, though, man. I know it is. I'm sure you're going to you imagine set yourself up for life, whoever it is, but that's a tough. And Gordon, now with the transport portal? How many yeah. people are going to be in that thing over the next couple of days? Mm-hmm. That's why Dabo Sweeney, to me, would be the, the guy, because it seems yeah. like Clemson it's kind of run its course there. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting. Where did you say he was? Four to one? Uh, Who was the Sweeney, favorite? Uh, the, the favorite was uh, Dan Lanning, Dan Lanning three to one. Okay. Dabo Sweeney's four to one. Lane Kiffin's five to one. Deion Sanders and Kalen DeBoer are six to one. Pat Shermer is nine to one. And Urban Meyer. 10 to 1, Gordon. Urban Meyer, head coach, Adam Gase, offensive coordinator. Oh, that's outstanding. There we go. Put it all together, baby. That's a winning combination, my friend. (laughs) That's a winning combination. Yeah. Gordon Damon, we will step aside tomorrow night for the Knicks and Dallas, but we have, in place of that, we're on Friday. Sounds good. Following the Michael K show. So you enjoy the day, enjoy the Nick game, and we'll talk on Friday, my friend. Sounds good, Larry. That wraps up this edition of ESPN New York Tonight. We thank you for joining us. Harvey, Joe, good to see you guys again. Thanks for stopping by. Up next, conversation continues on 98.7 ESPN.